You can begin turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 16. It's on page 875. Our church has experienced um, a lot of uh, challenges in the last couple of weeks. Lots of people who are sick and hospitalized and um, running tests. So be, be in prayer for each other. We have a care ministry that's um, praying and organizing folks to bring food places. To add to, to that as well, in, in my own life, one of my uh, friends passed away a week, almost two weeks ago now. His name is Forrest Henson. Uh, he's a friend because of the ministry you do at Hamare. Uh, for those who are new, it's a ministry that uh, we work with that does uh, pastoral ministry, trains pastors in East Africa, especially in Kenya. And so uh, I went to Forrest's funeral over at First Baptist Houston and uh, got to sit there with other brothers and sisters. And uh, so this, this man, was uh, Forrest, was a great businessman. He had his own uh, company that he created, and I don't know, he's probably worth a gajillion billion dollars. I have no idea. Um, but he was very successful in what he what he did, um, and was uh, known in the church. Known in the church because, although he was uh, only about this tall and a very slight man, uh, he had a very big heart. And so uh, Greg Motts, if you know who that was, the pastor of First Houston, he spoke, the head of missions for First Houston spoke as well. And the head of missions was saying, you know, I've, I've been on trips with Forrest's, uh, to India and to Kenya, and even Greg Mott, the pastor, had been with Forrest on these trips. And so he was able to share with us and his experience with this great, great man of God, Forrest, some of the lessons that he learned. And one of those lessons he learned uh, was uh, one, one they were, when they were going to India, they had a group of guys going together, three or four guys, and so they all showed up at the airport. The other guys before Forrest, and they had two suitcases with them to check on and one to carry on. Uh, and that's, that's how I travel. My wife doesn't travel that way. Uh, she travels like with a, a bag about this big. Um, but I have all this luggage. And so these guys had all this luggage and Forrest, like my wife, shows up and all he has is a carry-on. And he looks at these guys as they're just like, there's stuff all around them. Like, what are you doing? They said, we're going to India. He said, we're only going for two weeks. Why do you need all this stuff? And so one of the things you learned from Forrest, and I think is a helpful uh, lesson for us today, is to travel light. Travel light. Um, be careful with all the encumbrances that we bring with us. And then the second lesson that he sh shared about Forrest's life is to give generously. So as you looked across the room, uh, you saw all kinds of people who he had been very generous to. I think they listed like seven, like Salvation Army, um, uh, even Houston Livestock and Rodeo. There is a, one of his great things that he funded was, uh, I'm going somewhere with this, by the way. So you're like, why are we hearing all this? Hold on, hold on. And so this, this, he's, one of the things he did was he helped start, or he helped serve with an Indian ministry, uh, ministry in India that does pastor training as well. And in fact, they were watching the feed of the funeral in India at the same time. 
And I was feeding the, this funeral also to, India, to, to Kenya, to our brothers there who were meeting for uh, pastoral training in Swahili. And so we're, you know, everybody has their phones out, right? Because they're sharing all of this, all of this, this funeral of this man with all the people that he's been benefiting. It's a pretty cool, pretty cool situation, right? And you have guys, then you have all these guys in uh, jackets and they're Salvation Army folks. And so they have all the commanders and commandants and whatever they are, all their different rankings in there. So this room was full of people who understood when we talked about Forrest as a man who was very generous. He gave generously. He traveled light and he gave generously. I remember uh, going and eating lunch with him and sometimes when he invited me to lunch, we would eat at the nicest restaurant that was close to his house. <laughs> Those were fun times. And then sometimes he called me up and I was wearing my jacket. I mean, like we had to wear a jacket. I'm wearing a jacket, you know? And we would go down into the lobby and eat at the place that's in the office building where they've got stacked up Cokes cans. You know those places that still have the plastic on them that are still outside and you go eat and the food is terrible. I didn't like that as much, but that's what you got with Forrest. He, he, he was a man of means, but he is not a man who collected many things. He was a man who gave generously. Now today, we are looking in Luke chapter 16, and we're going to hear a story about a businessman. Uh, and when I first read it, I told Wendy, I don't think I'm going to preach this, I'm going to skip on. But, yeah, we don't get away with that in this church. So this is some of the hard sayings of Jesus in Luke chapter 16. If you've missed being with us, uh, you've missed some... Some great words of Christ. If you have a Bible that uh, has red letters for Jesus, you can see this whole section is red letters, so we love hearing directly from Jesus uh, in these parables. And so uh, last week we talked about that Jesus pursues, he goes after lost things. It's like his specialty. He cares for those who are far off and is willing to leave the 99 to find the lost sheep, even when the sheep in our eyes are really wolves like the taxpayers, the tax collectors. And that Jesus cares for the prodigal son, that he is, he is like a father who welcomes that prodigal back. And so we see on one side the pursuit of God as God pursues unholy, unrighteous, far-off, miserable kind of people, he goes after them. That is what he does. He loves them despite themselves. And he calls them to himself. So we see the great pursuit of God. Now we see in, verse, in chapter 16, he is not just now talking to the Pharisees and the tax collectors and the sinners. Now he includes in the, in the narration, he's talking now to the disciples. And he tells this story. He says, now there was a a rich man, he was a manager, and he had a manager, and this manager uh, got charges, he was put on paper. <laughs> Some of you know what that means. He had charges uh, put against him because the, the rich man found out that the guy was making bad use and wasting his possessions. And he called the man to him and he said to him, what is this I hear about you? 
Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be my manager. So give me, give me back the book of business, because no longer am I allowing you to go out in my name and to represent me and collect money from me, because there's something wrong with you. And the manager said to himself, self, what shall I do? This is a little soliloquy, by the way. What shall I do since my, my master is taking the management away from me? Hmm. You know what? I'm not strong enough to dig. I'm too proud to beg. I've decided what to do. So that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. He has an idea. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly and just write 50. And then he said to another, how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill, write 80. And the master finds out about this and he commends, listen to this, he commends the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteousness, wealth, unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. And you understand now why I said I'm going to skip these verses, right? What? What is he? What is he talking about? There are three things that I want us to see today. He's, he's going to tell us, Jesus is going to tell us in chapter 16 that we should use our temporal wealth, our short-term short wealth, to make eternal friends. He's going to tell us to be, faithful, to be faithful with a little, and then you're going to be given more. And don't let your money become your master. Three great lessons here in chapter 16. Don't let, uh, use your temporal wealth to gain eternal friends. So, as Jesus is giving this lesson, we have to say, what's going on here? And so this, you heard that there is this dis, dishonest manager, and he realizes he is going to be in real trouble because his livelihood is taken away from him. Now, if you're a steward in that day, that's kind of like your position in life. And if that's stripped of you where no one believes in you anymore, then you're really in trouble. And he says that. He says, now, if this, this happens to me, I'm going to have to either beg or dig ditches. And I'm not going to do either one of those, so I'm in real trouble. So he begins to think, how am I going to have lasting relationships with other people? How am I going to keep this, this gravy train going? So what I'll do is I'll call these people who owe him money, and since I still have the book of business, I can write things off. And they're going to say, oh, my goodness, what a good man you are. And so he gives them a deep discount so that they might be blessed. And according to the, the Greco-Roman rules of the culture and the Greco-Roman society, they owed him. So when he would come by and see them again, he could always say, yeah, you remember that time? And so they would take him in into their house. They would receive him. He, he would be like a, a favorite son, like, hey, it's good to see you. Yeah. Oh, what's for dinner? 
You know, like, he's going to be okay. Like, they will forever owe him. And so the, the manager, I mean, the, the owner, the, the rich man looks at him and goes, I don't like what you did. That was pretty smart, though. See, he, he is not saying, good job for being dishonest. But you, you were pretty smart in how you did this. He's not a righteous man, but he does things the smart or shrewd way. And so Jesus says, you see how shrewd he was? Like the sons of this world, these unrighteous folk can be clever, but you, sons of light, you're not so clever. Like you need to turn up the dial a little bit, pay attention. And here's the truth. This man saw that his prospects for the future were undone, so he does something about it. You, on the other hand, disciples, you have true prospects for the future. And so be wise with what you've been given and make eternal friends with this money so that one day when you enter into the kingdom of God, there'll be people, there'll be people waiting for you and say, hey, thanks. Thank you, thank you for giving to this thing. Thank you for coming and seeing me. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for providing through this ministry. Thank you for taking this short-term mission. Thank you. I'm here today because God, in his infinite wisdom and providential work, because of his grace, he allowed you to be a part of this grand story. Good to see you. Isn't that awesome? If I was so bold, I'd sing, thank you for giving to the Lord, but I am not so bold. Some of y'all know that song. I'm not going to do it. Amen. Let's <laughs> say it so loud like that. Showing my hand. Okay. He wised up because he got a long-term perspective in his personal wealth. And so Jesus is wanting us too to have a long-term perspective with our temporal wealth. And here's the hard question for you today. Is anyone waiting in heaven for you? Will there be people who welcome you into the eternal dwelling And we'll be looking for you. The problem is we, we can be easily distracted by the lure of wealth and real estate and actually forget the real estate that awaits. Because there is a place that we're going, right? And there are going to be people there so what are we using our finances, our abilities? What are we using them for? Are we using them for eternal purposes or for ourselves? You know, if we cared as much about eternity, watch this. If we cared as much about eternity as businessmen cared about money, this world would be a different place, right? I like watching Shark Tank. Is anyone a Shark Tank person here? There's a guy named Kevin O'Leary. He's, he's the most, 
he's the loudest of them all. He calls himself Mr. Wonderful. And he is such a pain, but he's fun to watch. And people up, go up there and they try to, to, to pitch him an idea so that the, the group, someone from one of the sharks will invest in them. And, and he, one thing he says, it pains me to see, to see good entrepreneurs chase bad opportunities. We can learn from that. I know it's Mr. Wonderful speaking, but there is some truth in that for us today. Just as we learn from this not so good man, we can learn from Kevin O'Leary that we as the people of God should be careful how we use our money and we should be investing it for great kingdom purposes. Don't be lazy. Don't sit there like, um, I don't know nothing. Why should I don't? No, we should be wise. What are we using our money for to advance the kingdom? Sit down and think about it. Like when I met with Forrest, I was introduced to him as the director of, of Hamaray, and I sat with that man for two years before he gave a single dollar. I was about to give up on him, to be honest with you, like this man. But what he was doing is he was seeing, is this money going to go for what it should go for? Is there really a plan here? Is there a strategy? Is there any effect with this that I'm going to give my finances towards? We should be shrewd like businessmen. If the people of God cared about eternity as, as much as businessmen cared about money, then the world would be a different place. The kingdom would be a different place. We need to learn from the, we, we need to consider how might God use my resources to further his purposes and not to be fools about it, to be just, oh, I'll, just, I'll give money whenever, the, you know. No, no, that we be wise and we make good investments. One of the things I loved about Forrest is he actually invested in a lot of different ministries. One of them is that you can look it up. I encourage you to look it up, biblicaltraining.org. And it's to provide biblical training for some great professors and theologians at no cost to you. So great place to look up uh, theology. And there's different courses you can take. He sits, he sat on the board. What a, what a great way to encourage theological uh, growth and maturity. Great, some of the greatest professors in the world are on that site for free. Use your money wisely. Tim Ferriss, he's also a business guru guy, says, many a false step was made by standing still. Makes a good fortune cookie too, but that's another, another way we can learn from the sons of this world that we are not to be inactive, but moving forward with kingdom work. Don't be standing still. All right, I think uh, may have the next verse up on the screen if we're able to work that out. It says this, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful and much. And the one who is dishonest in a little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with the true riches? If you have not been faithful in what it, which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? 
When we look at the uh, principles of 1 Timothy 3, 5, uh, on who should be an elder and what their qualification is, this is one of them. Do you manage, do you manage the resources of your home well? If you can't do it at home, then you shouldn't be doing it for the church. Money should be used as an instrument, not as a possession. Money should be used as an instrument, not as a possession. We, we tend to think that the things we have are ours, and in turn, they actually possess us. But if we see them as part of God's tools for the use in his kingdom, we don't hold them so tightly. We don't have to have so much luggage, right? We only need what is useful for his kingdom. Leverage, leverage what you have for the kingdom's work. So, how then should we go forward? We, we should travel lightly. We should consider the needs uh, of the world around us. I tell you, you know, there's a big difference between like African culture, as I found out, and Western culture. In African culture, knowledge is something that is kept to yourself. It is not given freely. It comes at a great cost. But your personal resources are free to just about everybody. Your, finan your finances. You share those uh, almost to a fault. You give those away. In our culture, knowledge is free. We give it away. But our personal resources, well, you're going to have to fill out a form for that. A long form. We're not as quick to give away our resources. So in some ways, this is a more difficult le lesson for us in the West than I think uh, our brothers in Africa and sisters in Africa. And so we need to be, we need to use what we have. Two things, both to be diligent and in, in being frugal with our resources, but also being generous with them as well. Frugal and generous. You've probably met some people who are frugal who are not generous. And you've probably met some people who are generous but are not frugal. They just, they're just giving stuff all the way, uh, away all the time. What are ways that we can en engage the poor and the lost in our country and around the world? There, we have plenty of opportunities. Faith mission, um, adoption, ways to present the gospel around the world. So I encourage you, brothers and sisters, look at your checkbook. Does it reflect uh, a shrewd servant of God? Who's going to be waiting for you? The last, last point he says is, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. I saw a, uh, a great little comic strip. I don't know, can we pull that up? Did it work? Callan and Hobbes. This snowman doesn't look very happy. He's not. You know, it's just a matter of time before he melts. The son ignores his entreaties. 
He feels existence is meaningless. Sounds like Ecclesiastes, doesn't it? Is it? Nope. It's going to be okay. He's about to buy a big screen TV. So for us, right, when we feel that kind of angst with life, what do we do? There's a tendency to shop at Walmart and get the brand new giant screen TV. Like, what's the thing that satisfies that angst? Be frugal, be beneficial. Martin Luther says, talks about how the, uh, this world is not to be treated like a home, but like a hotel, where you bring your little bit of belongings, you sleep the night, and then you go the next day. This is not our home. There's another home to come. So how are you doing today? Now, I know there are visitors here today, and you're going, I bet you they talk about money every week. Well, actually, as you look to, to Jesus, he's going to talk about money a lot more than I'm comfortable with, to be honest with you. That's right. More than he talks about the kingdom of heaven. More than he talks about heaven, he talks about money, because money can be our master. You know, so we need to be reminded about that. I was, I was teaching a, a brother, he was, I mean, I was teaching with a brother in Kakuma, one of our students who is now becoming a teacher, and he said, you know, when I, when I prepare a sermon, I, I study a little bit, but then I just pray and pray and pray and pray. I said, well, brother, you need to study a little bit more. <laughs> he said, but you understand, when you study, it's like climbing a mountain. It's like, yeah, I understand. Very familiar with the climbing of the mountain. And we encourage our, our pastors to go exegetically, as chronological and exegetically through the Bible to see what it says, the amount of time. So, you know, there are some of us who would not preach about money, like me. There are some people who would only preach about money. And so we're looking at what, how much Jesus would preach about money. And he says, be careful. Because the lo love of money, right? is a root of all kinds of evil. You can't serve two masters. So, pack lightly and give generously. So that wasn't as hard as I thought it was. But it's pretty hard, isn't it? I would encourage you in that. I, I, I would take the examples of people like Forrest Henson and say, you know what? I need to reevaluate where my money's going. And I want to see it invested. Man, he was one of my favorite people to visit with because he was like asking about people in our, on the other side of the world. In fact, he even went, I wasn't with him. He just went and visited some of our guys on the other side of the globe. So I just went and talked to Simon. What do you mean you just talked to Simon? Yeah, I was just there in Kenya. I went and, got, went and saw him. You're nuts, man. But he cared because he wants to see Simon on the other side. There's a whole world of people that we want to see on the other side. So give generously and pack lightly. Let's pray.